welcome to Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. How are you doing? My name is Edmund. I smacked my lips. That's not going to sound good on the recording. Maybe I'll go back and edit that out. I probably won't, though. I am tentatively... Oh, gosh. Tentatively... Tentatively... Calling this episode, Let's Talk About the B-52s. And we'll get to that towards the end of the episode. I am recording this via USB mic. I am going handheld for this episode. Um, I apologize in advance if the audio quality is not great. I don't usually use uh, USB. I usually connect it, the analog, through the audio interface, and I'm pretty sure the audio quality is better. But I am going the USB route. Um, I hope the audio is okay. I'm looking at the Audacity waveforms. It looks okay, but who's to say? No one knows. Not even God. Um, I'll, let me, um, I, what am I doing here? Um, I have, I've saw three movies in the interim. When Evil Lurks, May, December, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's been a minute since I've seen them, so I'm probably going to go through them quickly. But I quickly, uh, I googled gaming news, and I was looking at some of these headlines. I don't know why Troy Baker is on <laughs> on TMZ. That's that's. I don't know. I I imagine he's not happy that he's featured on a TMZ headline. So I clicked on on the um the link and the website's all janked up. But the headline is Troy Baker voicing Indiana Jones in new video game Harrison's out. Um look, in the past I would be like, "Why I had the reverse effect, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, Tom Hanks voices Woody in in Toy Story, the 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 movie. Ah, oh, why isn't he voicing it in the video game? Ah, oh, what, you know, what, or whatnot. This is the reverse thing. I don't know anything about this video game. I think I just saw yesterday that they're making an Indiana Jones and the Great Circle video game. Um, So I know nothing about the game. Troy Baker is an excellent voice actor. I I believe... I I haven't seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull to this day. (laughs) And I haven't seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I've heard, like... All the everything when he's referenced, he's always like mumbling in interviews, or I imagine he's more charismatic on screen. But you're not gonna get a great vo- vocal performance out of Harrison Ford, I don't think. So, I, I just from this headline alone, I would say they made the right decision in bringing in T- Troy Baker, an excellent voice actor, to voice. Uh, Indiana Jones. I, I don't. I, again, I don't know why it's a TMZ headline. Um, a, li- a little weird. Um, other, other than that, not much headlines going on in gaming news. Let me talk about when evil lurks. Um, I, again, it's been a minute, so I'm just gonna talk about. Well, When Evil Lurks is a 2023 supernatural psychological horror film written and directed by Demian Rugna. Um, It doesn't say the country of origin. Um, I don't know why it's not. I thought it was... It's Argentinian. Why doesn't it say that? Overall, I thought the movie was pretty cool. But I will say there was one scene that I really didn't like. Um, Spoiler alert for when evil lurks. But there's a scene where the main character, 
um, now I feel bad because I'm usually I talk about the plot and everything, but I don't think I need to go. I don't I don't need to do that. That's not really what this podcast is about, is it? This podcast is about nothing. It's like Seinfeld, except without any of the adulation or praise or goodness or quality or or, or comedic timing or anything or humor or qual. I already said quality. Um, I'm just going to talk about the one scene that I didn't like. The main character enters the house, his old house, which now is housed by his ex-wife and her new husband. The main character's two sons and the ex-wife also has a new daughter with the new husband. So the main character takes all of all of his clothes off because he has been in contact with a a possessed or a rotten like a cursed being. He takes off all of his clothes and then the this big dog starts sniffing at the clothes. And they they hit the foreshadowing a little too heavy in this scene. I don't know. It it rubbed me the wrong way. The dog's sif- sniffing this clothes. The camera is closing up on the dog sniffing the clothes. The parents are arguing left and right. The camera is pe- is behind the dog and the little girl. And it's like, you know it's coming. And I don't know why it, it triggered me, but it felt really weird. Like, you don't res- respect the audience enough to be like, okay, we get it. Like, they could have hid the foreshadowing a little bit, but that scene, I was like, okay, I know what's coming. And then that's kind of in the first third of the movie, first half of the movie. And then for the rest of the movie, I couldn't get over that scene. But, you know, that's my own shit. The rest of the movie is is quality. It's disturbing. It's it's good. It's intense. The acting performances are, are good. Um, and the end scene is um, really disturbing and haunting, and it it stays with you. I I would say check it out. It's on Shudder. Um, let's talk about May, December. May December is on Netflix. It's a 2023 American drama film directed by Todd Haynes from a screenplay by Sammy Birch based on a story by Birch voice cracked Birch and Alex Mechanic. I can't be right. Loosely inspired by the Mary Kay Letourneau scandal. Um, I knew nothing about the Mary Le- Kay Letourneau scandal. But I went on a mini rabbit hole after watching this movie. And the gist of the movie is um, it's very meta. And what I mean by that is you have um, Julianne Moore playing this woman who many years ago was a 36-year-old woman who had a sexual romantic affair with an elementary school 6th or 7th grade boy. And in present day, now she's older, Julianne Moore is older, and the boy is now a full-fledged adult. And they have three kids. One is in college, and two are about to go into college. So they, they they stayed together. And within the movie, Natalie Portman is playing and portraying an actress who is... Um, coming to research the role so that they can make a movie based on Julianne Moore's character's life. It's very meta. I actually this movie reminded me of Perfect Blue. Um, be, not only because well, Natalie Portman, of course, she starred in Black Swan, which is heavily influenced by Perfect Blue, but also the meta-ness of it, because in Perfect Blue, there's a singer, a former singer, trying to become an actress. So within the movie Perfect Blue, they are showing an actress performing scenes within a movie, within a movie. 
And this movie reminded me of Perfect Blue. And I I highly doubt May December is has any ties to Perfect Blue. I don't think Todd Haynes has seen Perfect Blue, but I don't know, maybe. He's probably seen Black Swan, which is the tragedy of it all. But the movie was interesting. I listened to the episode on We'll See You in Hell. And Natalie Portman's character kind of went over my head. I didn't really pay much attention to her. I think I was just wrapped up in the story. I thought the story was really interesting. And um, performances are great. The movie was pretty pretty good. Also, there are moments in it where it feels like a parody. Well, Pat said it best. It's it it almost feels like a parody of a lifetime movie. Um, and you should look up the Laterno story because it's interesting. Um, it's basically what they put in the movie. This older lady meets this sixth grade boy, and they have sex. I don't. I don't know how you can have sex at six years old. I mean. <laughs> At sixth grade, I went. I went to private Catholic school, so I, I was sheltered to say the least. But um, I don't. I mean, they were feeding us like don't have sex at sixth grade. So it's it's pretty wild, and to even get a a a thirty six year old woman pregnant at sixth grade, I don't. It's unfathomable to me. Um, I spliced together a short video online. No one responded to it. No one cared. But it's basically a clip of an interview of Mary Kay Letourneau and her Samoan man-child boy in an interview where she was saying, who's the boss? Who's the boss? And then the husband is like, what? What? This is ridiculous. What? And then I interspliced the uh, a zoomed-in picture of Tony Danza with the theme song to "Who's the Boss" playing. Um, I don't, I think most people know. Well, older people know who, what "Who's the Boss" and Tony Danza is are, but most people, most younger people, have probably never heard of the show. So, swing and a miss. On my part, I keep having to pause to drink uh, some water. Uh, my voice is uh, strained. These these are the first words I've said in years. Uh, May December was was good, really interesting, and an interesting approach to the movie, to the story. Because if you hear thirty um, six year old woman has sex with a six-year-old you can easily make a movie about that but it's interesting to make a movie about a movie and then focus in on the actress it was interesting uh killers of the flower moon um martin scorsese's latest movie 2023 epic western crime drama film I knew nothing about the Osage murders, so I'm glad that this movie is going to shine light on that, especially for people like me who knew nothing about the Osage murders and the Osage incidents. Um, I enjoyed the movie. You know, Martin Scorsese, obviously, he's a great director. Um, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites. Um, not that he isn't. I just... I haven't seen most of his movies, and, you know, I really like Goodfellas, I like Departed. I was thinking about this the other day, um, I, my favorite of his so far is probably Shutter Island, which is probably blasphemous, um, but it just affected me a lot, I, it was intense, and I liked it a lot, um, and I liked, uh, Departed, um, I need to rewatch Taxi Driver, but um, I haven't seen a lot of his earlier stuff. But anyway, I liked it 
it's an intense movie. Um, I listened to we'll, we'll see you in hell's episode on it. And I think I'm just highly impressionable because Joe really didn't like the movie. And I couldn't disagree with any of his points. Um, the movie is too long, 206 minutes. What's that? Like three hours and 26 minutes, maybe. It's it's too long. And I would, I would think, I would expect, I would hope that a good... I can't say that, but a, a, a director would know how to, you know, compact the story at least to two hours or, or under two hours. Um, you know, the movie was pretty straightforward. Um, Paint by Numbers is probably not accurate. It's probably a, a not derogatory, but kind of a inflammatory term for the movie but very straightforward and you know DiCaprio's character it's a real life person but he is he is just a dummy so he is not really a compelling character to focus the whole movie on and um, the movie is slow it's kind of boring but I did enjoy it um, I Again, I, the most, the best thing about this movie is that it's going to shine a light. Like I, I already said this. I don't know why I'm saying it again. But it's because I have nothing else to say about the movie. But it's going to shine a light on what happened. And this story is... Is emblematic the right word? I don't know. I'm just going to use it with conviction. This movie is emblematic of what white people have been doing to Native Americans for centuries. That I imagine still goes on to this day. Not only Native Americans, but African Americans, other races, minorities. Um, uh, I don't know. It... I want to look up is Martin Scorsese if he's if he has any um native american um blood in him not I don't know if that matters but it was just no he's a, he's italian right um early life he was born in the Flushing neighborhood of New York's Queens borough in 1942 little italy his parents, Catherine Scorsese and Charles Scorsese, they were Italian, um, Italian immigrants. So no, I, 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 I guess it doesn't matter. I was just curious, but worth watching. I would say, I, my wife was like, I, I thought we we're gonna watch the new Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and I'm like, okay, let's watch it. It's on Apple TV. Um, she was, she was expecting slash wanting more of an action film. And I was like, Leo's not an, <laughs> Leo's not an action star. Um, he's a dramatic uh, movie star. I can't even think about his uh, last action movie. Well, I heard The Revenant was an action movie, but I haven't seen The Revenant, but I know he won the um academy award and um i was looking up that story about hugh glass and there was a in the wikipedia page they're like this story is probably largely exaggerated and largely just probably made up and for the story for the folk tale or whatever um there's no actual personal um, evidence from Hugh Glass himself. It's all like hearsay. So, but it's an, I mean, it's interesting enough movie that they made it into The Revenant and Leo won the Academy Award. So, art imitates life, imitates art. 
we should move on because I'm I'm running out of gas and I'm afraid that I'm going to die in the next half hour from boredom. As you can tell from my voice, um, Killers of the Fowler, Fowler Moon um, and Lily Gladstone. I I was unfamiliar with her. She was excellent in this movie. Like from the first, her first line. Um, when when she's like, uh, it maybe it wasn't her first line. Spoiler alert for Killers of the Flower Moon, but she he's Leonardo DiCaprio is like her like cab driver kind of, and there's this race going on, and he's like all excited, and then he comes back to the car, and she's already in the back seat ready to go. And she goes, you got money on this race? And he goes, no. And then she says something like, then we can go or something like that. And to me, that it was the perfect delivery, perfect line and perfect concise way to introduce her character. She's kind of like, I, I, maybe I'm reading too much into the line, but it it felt like she was like a no-nonsense character, like, just in that one line, like, okay, well, if you don't have money on the race, then let's get out of here. Like, I don't know. I, I loved her. And she was really intense, really vulnerable, really, really good performance. I was not, um, I was not familiar with her, but I thought she was wonderful. I also thought it was weird that, um, a, some of the conversations between her and her sisters, some of those actress, actors seemed like they did not know the language. And I know that sounds weird coming from me because I don't know the language, but I don't know. It, it just sounded like they did not know the language. So it's like... Um, like a white person or an American person or... A, a person who doesn't know the language s speaking another language. So it's the difference between like, okay, I'm going to botch this, but hola, como estas? Hola, como esta? To hola, como estas? You know what I mean? That's A. And then B, I think Lily was supposed to be the the youngest sister and some of those other sisters, or I think both of those other sisters seemed, looked and felt younger than Lily. Um, again, that's just my observation. Um, I don't know. Not important. None of this important, especially my life. Um, I think that's all I got. Um should I check movie web? Uh, this is I'm I'm already regretting this. I'm regretting this. Movie web movie. I'm regretting this. Um, 10 worst horror movies to watch on date night. I don't know, what why? 20 iconic anime characters who can control fire. Um let's look at the 10 worst horror movies to watch on date night. Gerald's Game, sure. Um, just give me the fucking list. Hellraiser 2022, never seen it. Um, what Keeps You Alive, never heard of it. What Lies Beneath, I saw it many years ago. I remember it being pretty intense. I had no idea Robert Zemeckis directed that. I thought he only directed... Um, schmaltzy, corny kids' movies. Rosemary's Baby. Uh, okay, I get the theme of this list now. Scream 2022. Haven't seen it. Um, the Trip. Never heard of it. The Devil's Advocate. Um, Charlize Theron. Bride of Chucky. Never heard of it. And I have heard of it. Never seen it. I meant to say never seen it. The Shining. 
I do regret. I regret going. That was a pointless side track. Um. Okay, the B fifty twos. Let me start with a little anecdote. So, the other day, well, let me start by saying, We'll See You in Hell, hosted by Joe DeRosa and, pa- and Pat Walsh. I almost said Pot Walsh. They reviewed Dune a few years ago when it came out. By the way, when my wife and I went to see um, the new Hunger Games movie, Dune 2, the trailer for Dune 2 came up. And I, my personal thoughts were like, meh. And I turned to my wife. I'm like, do you want to watch that? And she said, yes. So congrats, Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve. You got one. You got my wife. Take her. Um, so Pat and Joe reviewed Dune. And they they didn't like the movie. I thought it was fine. Um and towards the end of their review, or in the middle of their review, they were talking about a character, Aquaman's character, named Duncan Idaho. And they were making fun of the the character name. They're like, what a stupid name for a character, Duncan Idaho. So Pat goes, you're living in your own Duncan Idaho. And I, I, hear, I hear that. I didn't think anything of it. I was like... I don't know what that means. I don't understand the reference. Um, I never thought to look it up. If I looked up Duncan, it would bring up either yo-yos or donuts. If I looked up Idaho, it would bring the state or potatoes or something. And if I looked up Duncan, Idaho, it would bring up Dune. So I just forgot about it. I was like, whatever. Never, never. Th- I never really thought much about it. And then the other day, maybe about a week ago, I randomly looked up B-52s. I have this habit of, I look things up, I like to Google things, I like to Wikipedia things. I think a lot of people do, especially now that our attention spans are are shite. And we have Google at our fingertips. I think people just Google things incessantly, and it keeps people up at night, myself included. And when I'm watching a movie, I, in my brain, I'm like, I can't wait to look up this Wikipedia. Look up that running time. How long is this movie? Um, so I believe Pat was talking about the B-52s recently in, a, in an episode. And he's like, he saw them and he loves the B-52s. And they've mentioned the B-52s on the podcast a bunch of times and I I never cared. I'm like I I know the B52s from Love Shack. I've heard that song a million times. I've never thought about it. I've never really liked the song. It was always whatever. And when I hear that guy's voice who I know now is named Fred Schneider, it it makes me think of it's a goofy, silly, weird voice, and it for some reason it makes me think of like, like Pee Wee, Pee Wee's Playhouse, like Lazy Town, like the bad guy from Lazy Town, that kind of aesthetic, that kind of vibe. Um, I've never thought about the B fifty twos in all my years of existence. Um. And so the other day, I, I Wikipedia'd B-52s. And I was looking at their li- their hit list, their list of hits. And right at the top, there's a song called Private Idaho. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I, I look it up. The tune starts up. The guy goes... You're living in your own private Idaho. I love the song immediately. I love the song immediately. And now I've said it twice. 
And this is what led me on a a week a week long mesmerization hypnotization of the B-52s. I have gone on a week long rabbit hole of this band. I am in love with this band. This happens to me sometimes. Um, you know, when I was in college, I had an acquaintance who told me, hey, why don't you, like, I, I forget how it was brought up, but she was like, why don't you listen to the Beatles or something? And I had never really listened to the Beatles, and I, I listened to them, and I, I like I like a lot of their songs. Um, it happened to me with Les Mis. I watched the Les Mis musical, and I I actually didn't really like it at first. I couldn't help but compare it to, like, I saw West Side Story at the Rialto Playhouse, and I, I was like, that was that was better than Lame is at the Pantages. And the free show of Hello Dolly in Redlands was better than Lame is at the Pantages. And then, like, the next day, uh, like, I, I didn't understand the plot. I had a hard time understanding the story. So the next day, like, I, I looked up the plot, and then I became obsessed with the music. Like, I couldn't stop listening to the music. I lo- Now I love Les Mis. So I listened to Les Mis nonstop for, like, weeks after I saw Les Mis. And now my new current obsession is the B-52s. Um, to the point that I, I'm, I started to get a little overwhelmed because here I was, comp- like, I was in this weird time machine or time capsule between, let's say, 1976 and 2024, where I'm, like, consuming all of their music within a one-week period, and it's almost, like, overwhelming, you know, and my depression kicks in. I'm like, I already know this is going to wear off. I can't just enjoy things. It's very sad. It's like how I feel about Christmas. It's like, I can't enjoy Christmas 2024 because I know January 2nd, 2025 is coming. You know what I mean? It's, it's so, it sucks. Anyway, I'm doing my best. That's not true. I'm not really doing my best. I'm just here. But I I am I have been enjoying this rabbit hole of the B52s. I so much joy and and so much fun and I will say like I can't make any definitive statements about B52s because I've been a, a fan for about a week, but I can't say like they were so influential uh, or they they were so important to to gay people then and now I I can't say that as if I I am an authority on the B52s. I I know they were and are important to gay people. But it's not it's not my place to say that I am coming this from the perspective of a sadly 38-year-old man who discovered, quote-unquote, discovered the B-52s in 2024 and am in love with them. That's that's really all I can say. Um, As of right now, as of right now, my favorite songs are Private Idaho, Love Shack, Rome, and Give Me Back My Man, or Give Back My Man. I mentioned earlier that I'm I'm um very impressionable because I I was I was looking at I was watching the video for Give Me Back My Man and one of the top comments said, "You know, I've heard I've heard this song many times before. I never thought about it or never cared about it, but over time I think it's now my favorite song of theirs." And I read that, and it made me think, no, this is a great song. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm in this weird headspace where I'm like, what was, what was my life like before the B-52s? It's a weird thing to say, but I am kind of feeling that. I I read a comment recently. I I'm I'm reading a lot of comments lately. Um and one comment said like Cindy, Katie and the rest of the B52s are America's antidepressant or something, which was interesting. You know what is also interesting about YouTube comments is for better or worse, like it or not, these comments are, they are part of the experience. And they do kind of show, they, they, them, they themselves, the comments are part of the time capsule because these videos, some of them are like 11 years old, 17 years old. And some of the comments are, 11 years old, 17 years old. And these comments give a a kind of snapshot into what people were thinking and, and saying many years ago. Um, so, like, I saw one comment that said, um, three of the greatest singers in rock history. And then... Someone replied and said, Fred Schneider's voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. A mean comment. But at the same time, like, I I understand what he's saying. Um, I, or he, she, they, I, I understand what they're, they, I understand what they mean. I understand what they're, where they're coming from. And then someone replied to that comment and said he he is part of their distinct sound like it or not he is part of their distinct sound which i agree with and prior to reading about fred schneider and the b52s i had never heard of the term sprechgang sprechgesang spoke it means spoken voice, sometimes known as speak singing in English. So if if you are familiar with the B-52s, and I'm assuming you are, he has a very distinct voice. And it is like speak singing. He's It's very interesting. And I, I've, I've read a lot of comments like one of the most unique bands to... to exist there's never been a band before or since no one's ever tried to replicate them either which is interesting and like the three lead singers it it, it almost feels like there's a full choir that's, that's a stupid thing to say <laughs> not a full choir but three like really strong singers and i'm not saying like fred schneider is like a really good singer but the the impact and the power and the uniqueness that he brings to the band that's what i mean by strong singer so the three cindy wilson um katie pearson fred schneider they're like a choir on the stage Again, I don't want to make any sweeping statements, but my feelings are strong and I'm going to ride them high, folks. Um, I was thinking about like Rome. I, I've heard Rome before. I don't know in what context. I was thinking about this too. Have you seen that Black Mirror episode... Um, the entire history of you. I think it would be extremely disturbing and invasive, but at the same time, kind of cool. If I could Google 
my mind and be like, when was the first time you heard Love Shack? And when was the first time you heard Rome? Because I have no idea. And discovering slash rediscovering these songs in 2024, I, I would be really interested to know. And I will never know. Literally never know. If I had to guess, I would say they were on Kiss FM in the 90s when I was in elementary school. Um, I don't know. But I, I played Rome... And I'm like, I know this song. I had no idea this was the B-52s because I've never thought about the B-52s in 38 years until 2024. And because it, does, it doesn't have Fred Schneider's voice, so I'm like, why would I associate Rome with the B-52s? I had no idea. But back to my point about the choir, you, you could try to sing Rome as a solo singer, solo vocalist, it wouldn't sound the same. It wouldn't sound the same without those harmonies by Cindy Wilson. Also, I'm crushing heavily on on Cindy Wilson. Um, seeing uh, seeing her um, sing "Give Me Back My Man" and then dancing is like, let's move on before this gets inappropriate. Um, and those harmonies, like, you could try to sing these songs without, w with one solo vocalist, but I, I don't think, it's obviously, it literally wouldn't be the same. But also, like, emotionally it wouldn't be the same. And, and I, I, I always look at Cindy when, when she, go, she goes lower. She goes, Rome. I can't do it. I abandoned that right away. That sounded like a frog dying. That was really bad. I should go back and delete it, but I'm not going to. I'm just not going to. But a lot of love for... Ricky Wilson, a lot of love. Like, y you can't find a B-52's um, video without a comment sh showing their love for Ricky Wilson. Um, apparently, he had, like, strange tunings, which made their sound really unique. Um, Ricky Wilson died of an AIDS-related illness in 1985, which was the year that I was born. Very sad. Keith Strickland was playing drums, and then he moved over to guitars after Ricky Wilson died. Um, they are still performing. The B-52s are still performing. So there are videos right now of them performing in 2023. And it's, it's, a, it's like a double-edged sword slash bittersweet feeling where it's wonderful that they're still performing. But then you see comments like, old people need to know when they should hang it up and the, they should hang it up. And like, it's a mean comment, but I, I, I get where they're coming from too because those videos are not getting a lot of views, obviously, compared to the video for Love Shack getting 74 million views or Rome 25 million views or whatever. I would go see them though. I'm 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 in very drivable distance of Las Vegas and they're supposed to be performing in um in Vegas in April. <laughs> and look, um I I would go to to be able to see like and again, I feel weird about calling them 
legends because they are legends but i feel weird about calling them legends myself because i am i've been a fan for a week you know what i mean i I, again i have to state i'm not an authority i i'm a i'm a big fan as of this week but they're playing at the venetian you know ticket uh, according to ticketmaster tickets range from $45 to $256 look i'm going to be real i wouldn't pay i wouldn't pay $200 to see any band that's just me like i'm poor i'm not poor but i don't have money and i wouldn't pay 200 to to watch my favorite band the mars volta maybe if they brought john theodore back but they are not going to. Um, I wouldn't pay two hundred to watch Blink, who I enjoy a lot. I wouldn't pay two hundred to watch any band, and that's that's a me problem. I'm not saying that's not saying anything about Blink or Mars Volta or B52s. But to see the B52s live, just to, just to say that, just to say that I did it that I saw B-52s live because obviously they are in their 70s. Um, Fred Schneider is... My Amazon... Fred Schneider is 72. And he's still... still performing. Like, that's impressive. And... Kate Pearson is 75 Keith Strickland I know he stopped touring I don't know if he's still performing performing with them he's 70 and then Cindy Wilson is the baby of the bunch she is 66 and I, I, I believe they announced their farewell tour in 2022 and I'm discovering them in 2024 so that was a bummer. Um, they embarked on a final farewell tour, which ended in November 2022. The final dates were postponed until January 2023 due to illness. The B-52s performed the final concert on their tour at the Classic Center in their hometowns of Athens, Georgia on January 10th, 2023. Following the end of the farewell tour, the B-52s embarked on residencies at the Venetian Las Vegas in Paradise, Nevada. The first residency concert took place in May, August, and September 23, with further dates scheduled for 2024. Look, I would go, and again, I feel weird saying that, like, I've been a fan for a week, but I would go because... And you see the videos from 2023. And again, the energy is not the same. But how, who is expecting their energy to be the same from when they were in their 20s and 30s, you know? But I might go. Let's see, it's January 19th today. January, February, March, April. It's three months away. I could try to save up, even though I didn't work yesterday or today. <laughs> because work sucks. But I need money. Um, I, 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 I would go. I would, I would love to go. I would love to go. I, I should look at tickets now. Because actually I looked... There's a bunch of tickets that are already taken. Um, I'm like getting excited in my heart right now. The thought of seeing them live. And I I know their energy is going to be low. I, I don't care. Like I, 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 I want to see them live. And I'm, I'm like excited for it. I'm almost in tears. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, depression sucks. Whoever made that comment about these guys are the antidepressant, like, I, I'm, I'm just happy to have discovered them. 
I'm I'm a little bummed out because I don't know if kids can like the B-52s. I'm sure they're out there. I saw a comment saying on a private Idaho video saying their young daughter loves this song and she dances and they she says, I'm a wild potato. But I think if I heard Love Shack as a in elementary school, I wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have gotten it. I'm like, this vo- this guy's voice sounds goofy. And I wouldn't like it. it. It sounds like something my dad liked. But now I'm at the age where my dad was a dad. And I, I, I keep thinking, what if I, I started liking this band when I was in high school? In like 1999, you know. Then I could have seen them live. And I think even in 1999, they were probably past their prime. I I don't know. When was their prime? Like 1989 when Love Shack came out. I listen to Love Shack now. I I love that tune. It's it's a fucking killer tune. And it's, again, I am in in this weird, overwhelming time capsule, time machine where I I wish I could go back in time and discover them and go to a live show in in high school or college or now I'm I'm 38 I I see comments saying like I loved this band in high school now I'm 60 I don't know it's time is is tragic we're all getting old and we're all getting depressed and we're all getting sad. And I, I'm calling it now. I've decided now I am going to see the B-52s this April because this, this could be everyone's last chance to see them. Their farewell tour was supposed to end in 2022 and it extended to January 2023. I already said this all again. I'm saying it again because I'm an idiot, but... Now they have this Vegas residency. I'm calling it now. I'm going to look at tickets and I'm going to figure it out. Um, They have lower price tickets in the 40s. But obviously you're going to be towards the back. If I'm going to do it, I want to be closer to the stage. Um, I don't don't know if this reflected in my voice, but I I did get kind of emotional. it's weird. It's a weird feeling. It's like... I didn't have this feeling with Beatles because by the time I discovered the Beatles, like the Beatles were... When did John Lennon die? Like 90s? Um, John Lennon died in 19... Oh God, he died in 1980 before I was born. So it's not like I discovered the Beatles and was like, ah, I wish I discovered them sooner. Not really, because John Lennon was already dead. George Harrison, I believe, died in when I was in high school. Um, 2001. I, I was thinking the other day, actually just yesterday. Like Queen. I love Queen. I love Freddie Mercury. I couldn't... I couldn't tell you the name of the bassist. I can barely tell you the name of the other members of the band. I think Roger Taylor is the drummer. Brian May is the guitarist. But you think Queen, you think Freddie Mercury. I do think it's interesting. You think... Again, this is coming from a fan of one week. You think B-52s, you think B-52s, you know what I mean? You think Fred Schneider, Kate Pearson, Cindy Wilson, Ricky Wilson, Keith Strickland. Um, Just a really cool, fun, unique band that just... Talk about a boy, uh, a band that exudes joy 
and goodness and positivity and and love and I think their early stuff was like weird, like Planet Claire, Rock Lobster, and Love Shack. I was reading about it. Love Shack's a really good pop, accessible, certainly more accessible and more popular than their earlier stuff. Um, it's such a good tune. It's so it's so fun. I don't know why. I I didn't see it before. I feel bad. Like, I feel I should apologize to the world, to the universe. Why didn't I love this song sooner? Why? It's so good. Um, this episode was, like, happy but sad at the same time. A juxtaposition. You know, I just, I love in Give Me Back My Man that Fred Schneider has a glockenspiel. I played glockenspiel in high school. I played the glock in high school in marching band. And I, I love that they could have, they could have easily said like, let's just put it on the keyboard. And they're like, and Fred was like, no, I'm going to have a, I don't, I still don't know why it's vertical. It seems that would be harder to play vertical, but maybe that's better for the sound. But still in marching band, everything was horizontal, but I love that he has a glockenspiel. I love that he has a cowbell. I love that um, Cindy has bongos up there and a tambourine. I love that Kate plays keyboard and like bass parts on the keyboard it's it's such a fun powerful ensemble piece and um if if you've never listened to the b-52s check them out i'm hoping more of their songs just grow on me because like most like all bands you're you're not gonna like every song you're just not gonna like every song but I saw a video, Legal Tender, and some of the... I was reading the comments all praising the song. And again, because I'm so impressionable, I wonder if like... I wonder if I read these comments, I'm just going to like the song automatically. I like Cosmic Thing, the song. Cosmic. Their music just makes you want to dance. And as a severely depressed person, I need... To dance, I needed this music. I'm so grateful that I I was able to discover this band better late than ever. Um, I'm, I'm just happy. Um, count your blessings, I guess. <sighs> Heavy sigh. I think that's all I wanted to say. Um, I sh- I, briefly, I'll just mention some of the other members of the band. Tracy Wormworth, bass guitarist, Sterling Campbell, drummer, Greg Saran, guitarist, Ken Mayari, multi-instrumentalist, past members Ricky Wilson, Paul Gordon, Pat Irwin, Zach Alford, um, Gail Ann Dorsey, Julie Cruz, Sarah Lee. Um, a lot of love for Julie Cruz. People were commenting that the last song she heard was Rome before she passed. I read a comment saying the, the band took off when they added Sarah Lee to the lineup, but according to Wikipedia, she's a former member. I'm just... I'm I'm happy that I discovered this band and I'm going to ride this high as long as I can. And it, it might last a week. This high is not going to last like six months, you know. But I'm a fan of the B-52s and I am a big fan of the B-52s. Um, I, just, I, I just wish I met you sooner.
Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. Um, don't abandon your friends to the wolves. Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me.